0: Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's great to see you again. Thank you for spending a little time with me. I hope you're doing well. Now, some good news. Our organization this week is Forest Shades. That is forest, spelt with the number four, E-S-T, shades. You can find them at forestshades, spelt with the number four, dot com. They make beautiful and sustainably sourced sunglasses primarily made out of wood, made out of different kinds of wood. There's zebra wood and bamboo and different sorts of wood. They're beautiful, stylish. I have a pair. I've had them for quite a while, for several years. I like them because they're lightweight they look cool they look different they're unique i also like mine because the all wood ones float i wear them kayaking and things like that if i happen to lose them they do fit nicely stay on my face well but if they fall off they do float in water they've been doing these for a while sharp looking products they've started to incorporate other natural elements like stone they've got some sunglasses out now that are wood and then they have a nice stone finish on them i love natural looking things i love wood i like the woodwork in my house i have a lot of old woodwork in my house i like to make things out of wood i like to be able to see the wood grain feel the texture of the wood But it's also important to me that the wood products I have are sustainably sourced. Forest Shades is all about that. And with every purchase made, they donate to have two trees planted with every purchase. That's important to me as well. Give them a look. It's great to have a nice pair of sunglasses. They're not overly expensive either. It's e- it's easy to spend a lot of money on a nice pair of sunglasses and these are affordable and stylish and they just look different. They also have gotten into some wood watches that I might check out. I have bought sustainably sourced wood watches I think I bought one for my brother one time through a different company before Forest Shades was really doing a lot of them. But I like the options that Forest Shades has. And again, not super expensive. You can get a nice wooden watch that's going to stand out and be stylish. So give them a look. This is Family Time 82. We're back to relationship skills. Specifically, we're talking about communication. And that is at the heart of all of our relationships. It's a very important thing for us to discuss. There's a lot of facets, a lot of elements involved in communication, in effective communication. We're going to focus in on a couple of things. First, I want... All of you thinking about the roles of nonverbal communication and tone. How does nonverbal communication impact our message? I think that in the classroom all the time. I think it when I'm coaching sports. The little things that... I'm trying to pick up from my students, from my athletes, to try to tell if they're actually engaged with what I'm talking about. I had a former student come back. I like to have former students come back in general, but I've over the years done a panel of students. The last few years we've done it virtually But in years past, I've had a panel of students come back to my classroom for my character and leadership class just to sort of talk about life in college, life in career, post high school experiences, things they wish they had known in high school, things they would, advice they would give to themselves. And. A story has stuck with me from a former student who was in college and had a scholarship interview, was in this interview having a conversation with the person who was in charge of doling out the scholarship. They're going back and forth. He was talking about it was really just a conversation. He didn't even really feel like he was being interviewed that much. And the person stopped him in the middle of it and said, you have the scholarship because you're the only one who's come in here so far and looked me in the eye, nodded your head, been engaged with the conversation. So that was it. This student got the scholarship because of a lot of the nonverbal communication. By just being able to get in there and connect with somebody, look them in the eyes, and be present. That's such an important thing. The other thing I want us considering is tone. That I know. If you're a student, you've probably had interactions with teachers or parents or other people people of authority of some kind, even with your friends, where your tone is giving something away, or maybe you don't actually want to be doing something. Or it's that time when a friend is saying, hey, something wrong, what's going on? Because our tone reveals so much. And we can adjust our tone to help get our message across. When I'm teaching, when I'm coaching, I try to bring a level of energy and excitement to what I'm doing. That's largely genuine. I love what I do. I love teaching and coaching. But there are some times where I'm not as energetic. I'm not as enthusiastic as I'd like to be. And I kind of have to force that tone a little bit until it kicks in. But I understand that the energy, the tempo how I'm delivering the message is maybe more important than the message itself. Because I can have great ideas, I can have things I think are going to to be beneficial for other people, but if I'm not delivering that in a way that's at least palatable, and at best is engaging, the message is going to get lost. There's a lot of different things we could talk about in terms of how to be an effective communicator, and we will. We'll circle back to some more things. It's a lot to do all at once. But I want us just thinking about that this week first. The impact of our nonverbal communication and our tone how we can utilize those things. One of the reasons that I got an English degree when I was in college was I thought it will help me with whatever I decide to do. I taught full-time English for a little bit. I teach some now, but I primarily teach visual arts and character and leadership. But I thought, Whatever I decide to do, if I can speak effectively, if I can communicate effectively in general, if I can write pretty well, that's going to give me a leg up. Because everything, everything we do in life involves communication. Every relationship involves communication. We hear that all the time when we talk about relationship advice. It often circles back to communication. So we want to spend some time working on being an effective communicator. And I'm certainly not a perfect communicator by any means. I'm always trying to be a little bit better. But by focusing in on some of the little things like the nonverbals and like the tone, I can try to be a little bit better. I can try to connect with more people. I can try to help more people. I can try to improve my own relationships. So we're going to do that. The other side of communication, we have the part where we're delivering the message. The other half of that is receiving the message. That's so important as well. I think of, and I've quoted him often, Mr. Fred Rogers, who talked about being a gracious receiver. Whew, that's such a wonderful gift we can give to other people. If we can graciously receive whatever it is they're giving us. Maybe it's praise. Maybe it's just the message they're trying to send. The point they're trying to get across. But being present and actually listening to the other person, not doing that thing we sometimes do where we're we're only listening for that person to stop talking so that we can say the next thing we have to say, that we want to say, that we want to put into the conversation. I've been guilty of that so many times. Where maybe, ooh, I feel like I've got a little quip that I can throw in there. I've got a story that I want to tell that might be funny. Or I just want to make a point. So I'm kind of waiting. I'm waiting for you to get done with your part of the interaction so I can give my part of the interaction. And I've tried to be better at that as I've gotten older and had more experiences. Because I do think it's a wonderful and beautiful and powerful gift to give others. Just being present with them and really listening to them. And allowing myself sometimes a little quiet space after I've received the message. That's a very powerful thing. To punctuate that I, I am listening, that I am engaged, that I am giving the message I'm receiving a little bit of thought, that I don't need to jump right back in with the next sentence, the next phrase, the next thing I have to say. I can I can let it sit a little bit and be engaged. And then I can give more thoughtful responses. I can... Give some follow-up questions. I can dig a little deeper and be engaged. So I want all of us thinking this week, what makes a good listener? There's a lot of components to that as well, but start picking some things out. What makes a good listener so that we can start thinking about some things and start practicing and be better listeners ourselves? Spend some time thinking about our communication this week. Have a great week. Much love. My blog post this week is, it's always better in your head. I was playing soccer with my kids recently. We like to play in the backyard. And it works out great. Mickey and Claire, my kids, they play two against one against me. It's a lot of fun. We're running around playing soccer. My son, who's a pretty stout kind of bullish guy, was trying to do, I don't remember if it was some fancy footwork with the ball or some kind of kick and didn't go according to plan. And he laughed and said something to the effect of, it's always better in your head. And I laughed at that. It's a pretty funny thing to say in the moment. But he was right. Often the the picture in our head doesn't match our reality. A lot of times we have a better picture in our head for what we want, for what we think our reality should be, for what our dreams are, than our actual existence. When that picture in our head is so far removed from our reality, we are in pain. We struggle. That's when we're anxious and sad and angry and depressed because that blueprint we have, that picture we've created, is not the life we're living. And it seems so far away. It's good to have those positive images in our head, to have those pictures of our hopes and our dreams and our goals. That's important. We have to see something before we can do it. When I coach shot put and discus throwers, every time we throw in a competition setting, I have the throwers, and this is, I picked this up from the coach I'm fortunate to coach with who's been doing it for a long time. We have the throwers walk into the ring and look out at the sector and actually look and visualize the throw where they're going to throw it before they get into their routine to approach and throw. The reason we do that is. If you can't see it in the discus ring, in a sport, in your job, in anything in life, if we're not able to see it, it's not going to happen. There has to be that image. We have to create a vision of our goals. The trouble is, things rarely go exactly as we plan. But that's okay. Our dreams should be something that we're continually pursuing. They should be a little bit beyond our reach. So in some respects, the vision in our head should always be a little bit better. It should always be a little bit better in our head. But when we find that our existence is so far removed from what we would have it be, from what we would like in our lives, those are the times we need to make some drastic changes. And that's okay. The other side of that is it's not always better in our heads. We... As people do the opposite a lot as well. I'm fond of quoting the Stoic philosopher Seneca who said, We suffer more in imagination than in reality. That is also very true. We tend to get anxious and worried and nervous about the pain that might be. That makes sense, especially as we get older. We've all experienced pain, we've experienced failure, we've faced hardship. So we go into situations and we recognize the potential pain that exists there. So we allow ourselves to get worked up. And we put ourselves in pain, we start suffering before We're facing the actual suffering we're worried about. And oftentimes, the things we're worried about don't come to fruition anyway. So we spend time making things worse in our head than they are in reality. It's not bad to think about the possible negatives either. The Stoics call this idea premeditatio malorum, which is the premeditation of evils, that's really thinking about what could go wrong. What are the potential consequences of my actions? How could this hurt me, be painful, be traumatic? But it's not to sit and dwell on that and let that paralyze us with fear. It's so that we can manage it. So we can recognize it and work through it. That's the key. We can think about how things could be worse. We should think about how our decisions could have potential negative outcomes. And that can allow us to make a different decision go down a different path, or in the pursuit of our dreams, in trying to make that positive vision for our reality, our actual existence, to bring it to life, then we have to say, okay, well maybe I have to risk this thing. Maybe I have to put myself out there in this way. And if everything falls apart, if none of it goes well, if every negative consequence comes to be, would I be okay? Would I be able to survive? Could I move forward? And a lot of times, if we're being honest, the the answer is yes. We've faced challenges and hardship before, and we're still here. And if we face more, and we will face more, generally, we will be okay. It might hurt. We might have to change some things, but we'll get through. And if we know that, if we really know that and believe it, we can take the potential negatives that we're imagining, that we're speculating upon, and we can not let them ruin us, not let them control us, because we can we can plan out, we can think ahead and say, all right, if this happens and this happens and this happens, I'll be able to do these things, I can react in these ways, and more importantly, I'll be okay. I'll be able to keep moving forward to try to achieve that positive picture in my head. And that's the real thing. It's to not get so caught up in the image we've created, but to have those images and then focus in on the process. To focus in on what we have to do to attack the, the negative things and to work towards our goals and visions and dreams. This week's podcast is brought to you by Maple Syrup. Delicious, delicious tree blood. Now, from me to you, this week we talked about Forest Shades, the number four EST shades. If you're looking for a new pair of sunnies or a stylish watch, check out Forest Shades. They're beautiful, sustainable products, and with every purchase they donate to have two trees planted. We talked about communication. Communication is so important at the center of everything we do, every relationship we have. We should all try to be more effective communicators, to be better at delivering our message, considering how our Body language, our nonverbal communication, how our tone impacts our message. How we can best deliver our message. And how to be good receivers. How to be gracious receivers. How to take in the message and be active and effective listeners. Think about our communication a little bit this week. We talked about things being better. Or worse, in our heads, the images we sometimes create, how we can spiral into worry, or how our realities sometimes don't match the positive things we'd like to have. The hopes and dreams and goals in our lives. And how to consolidate those things. How to bring our realities closer to the positive images we've created for our lives and how to get past, get through, manage some of the negative thoughts and feelings that sneak in and sometimes paralyze us and keep us from doing what we really want to do. So think about that this week as well. What would you like your life to be? What is the image you've created? If you don't have one, create an image. Think about, picture it. What would you like your life to be? And if it's not how you're living right now, that's okay. That's kind of the point. Take a step back and think of what are the things you can do to get a little closer to that picture. And focus on the process. That's all it is. We're not not able to immediately jump to our wildest hopes and dreams. Our wildest dreams should remain wild. But we can take steps in that. And don't get frustrated by not being... Not existing in that picture just yet. And don't let... Our fears and our doubts and our worries keep us from that process. Understand you've gotten through hardships before, and you will again. You'll survive and move forward and be able to do the things you need to do. Believe that this week. Until next time, love yourself, love each other, love the fight.